we play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. Yes, from the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Big Easy Bets. This is episode number five. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. It's episode number cinco, Holmes. On today's episode, we're going to recap what happened last week with college football. We're going to make our picks for this coming week, and it's finally here, week one of the NFL. So we got a got a few picks for y'all there. I think we got about nine total that we like. And then also, for all you fight fans, again, we got UFC 242 back, so we got two fights on that card that we're interested in. So we'll dive right into that. Um, so, yeah, what the hell happened with uh, UCLA? I feel uh, like I'm having deja vu. What the hell happened with Florida? What the hell happened with UCLA? Well, what it looked like to me is they were um, dominated. <laughs> Their quarterback is fucking terrible. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson only completed 30% of his passes through two interceptions. They kept um, calling him DTR. You can't have yeah, a nickname DTR. if you're that bad. If you're that bad, you can't have a nickname. Uh, yeah, it was uh, McAfee. He was trying to do the kid a solid. <laughs> yeah, no. And on a side note, I will fucking listen to a game with Pat McAfee any day of the week. He made it way more way more interesting, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, he's funny. But, yeah, that was uh, brutal to watch. I'm tired of seeing fumbles in the goddamn red zone. Yeah, he dropped the ball twice. Um, unforced fumbles in the red zone. Goddamn Brucey from the longest yard eating the popcorn. But, I mean, other than that, Cincinnati really dominated the game. They nearly doubled UCLA in terms of yards. Um, It didn't help that Josh Kelly was out. Yeah, what was up with that? I mean, he's the star running back. He wasn't technically out. He was dressed out and everything, but uh, he didn't play it down. He had a knee injury and... But they said he was like prepared to go in. I don't know. It was yeah. It looked like he was ready, but uh, the coaches didn't put him in the game. And I mean, that's big. There was no report of that. He averages 113 yards a game rushing, and he doesn't play it down. Yeah. So that sucked. Chip Kelly with the goddamn motion offense. He kept in the first drive they were throwing him off, but then after that they were just like, okay. Yeah, legal just, formation, false start. Yeah. It's. I don't know. That was a frustrating game to watch. Um. I don't like Chip Kelly. <laughs> he was a selling point on why we picked him, he's but uh, he's looking really old these days. You yeah, know? yeah. No, it wasn't wasn't looking good. They called him college football legend in that game. He doesn't mm-hmm. look like much of a legend. Um, but yeah, so looks more like a has been. <laughs> Dorian Thompson Robinson is the worst quarterback in Division One football, without a doubt. Yeah, that was the worst perform uh, quarterback performance I've ever seen. Um, it was hard to watch. Um, so we'll go on a more positive note. I had Tulane, minus two. Was big on Justin McMillan, LSU transfer. Told him, That's why I said they were going to beat him up in the trenches. D-line manhandled FIU. They beat him by, like, fucking 38 points. It wasn't even close. Yep, that was a good, a good one. It wasn't even close. Um, You had Pitt. Not a – didn't go what you were – how you were expecting. Yeah, um – at halftime, Pitt was leading 14-13. to 13. In the second half, they threw two interceptions. At the end of the day, they only rushed for 78 yards, and that's not the recipe you need for a victory. Yeah. So, also, I had Utah, minus 5.5 versus BYU in the Holy War. 
it was close in the beginning. They were hanging around, but then Utah just really started asserting themselves. Zach Moss was a he was a beast. I think he had 189 yards rushing. There was a weather delay with nine minutes left in the game at around midnight. Well, they come back from that weather delay and they just ran Zach Moss. They ran out the entire clock, ran the whole game out. Nine minute drive. It was it was awesome. So that was a that was a good one. Then we had uh, Boise State plus five and a half versus Florida State. This was looking pretty bleak in the beginning. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little nervous. Uh, what's the quarterback for Florida State? Um, James Blackman. Yeah, he looked like a stud. He, in the he looked very good in the um, first half. Um, actually, I had a couple of secret bets, and this was one <laughs> of them. Uh, I bet Boise State on the plus two ten money line, and that ended off uh, ended up paying off pretty well. I sold you on Boise. Yeah, and then um, Feinbaum. He, he he put the icing on the cake. Uh, I was watching ESPN early that morning, and uh, Feinbaum. He picked Boise State as f- for an upset against Florida State, and then I ran over to my computer and put the bet down. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck Paul Feinbaum because I was big on Boise going into the week. So, yeah, what happened with the uh, South Carolina game? Uh, UNC's a scrappy team. I mean, at one point, South Carolina was up 13-3, to and I even texted my dad. I said, UNC's a, is playing pretty scrappy. I, I knew this game was going to be close once it started. Closer than I thought beforehand. Um, UNC ended up rushing for 245 yards. Uh, Bentley for South Carolina threw two interceptions. Um, I'm surprised the game was even as close as it was. So, yeah, they were calling this game the uh, return of the Mac. He's back. Yeah, this was the biggest upset of the week. Uh, South Carolina closed as 12.5-point favorites. They lost 24-20. to so you had uh, UTSA as well, right? Yeah, on the podcast last week, I had UTSA minus five and a half. It closed at minus nine and a half. They ended up winning thirty-five to seven. They rushed for two hundred eighty-four yards. Frank Harris, the quarterback, threw for two hundred six yards, three touchdowns, and added a buck twenty-three on the uh, ground. Sounds like a solid pick. Yep. So. We'll move on to uh, Kansas. What'd you see Kansas, there? Kansas, <laughs> um, the Mad Hatter. He's back. Always making things exciting, huh? <laughs> um, at one point, Kansas was up in this game, sixteen to three. Then, uh, who they play? Indiana State. Yeah, yeah. Indiana the State mounted a little comeback to uh, make it seventeen to sixteen. But um, Kansas offense drove down the field, scored a touchdown. And got the two point conversion to make the game twenty four to seventeen. Kansas wins by seven. Les looked pretty pumped uh, in that post game press conference. Oh, I bet. Looked like he was uh, sweating it there for a second. Um, all right, so the biggest game of the week was Auburn versus Oregon. Oregon was a what was it a three point underdog or three and a half? I think, um, it was, I think it was three and a half is what we had it at. I could be wrong. No, we Actually, no, it, it was three. three. It was three, yeah. Oregon was three-point underdog. I took him on the money line. Nick took Auburn with the points. And had a unbelievable cover by Auburn in the final seconds of the game. Um, I'm just going to say I don't think Bo Nix is that good. He didn't look very good in that game, in my opinion, even though he pulled it out. I'll give him credit. But that game shouldn't have been close. 
Yeah, Oregon had some bad luck in the first half. The game really could have been put out of reach if they execute the way they were supposed to, but uh, drop pass in the end zone, fumble in the red zone. God damn it. But in the second half is how I visioned the game going. Auburn ends up rushing uh, for 206 yards. Uh, they slow down the Oregon offense in the second half, only allowing seven points. And give credit to Bo Nix and give credit to Gus Malzahn for keeping their composure and sticking with the young freshman because in the end it paid off with the game-winning drive. Bo Nix went four for six, 57 yards, and threw the game-winning touchdown. I just look at it like, well, one, the fourth down scramble where he dives for the line of scrimmage and they give him the first. They didn't even look twice at it. They just gave him the first. That did not look conclusive to me. That should have been worth another look. It was it was way closer than they tried to act like it was, and they just gave him the first down. And then he, I think he hit another 15-yard pass on the right side, and guy got out of bounds. And then really they were already in field goal range and decided to take a shot, which I, I did not think that that was a good ball. I felt like that was a jump ball. And it wasn't even put to where only his receiver could go get it. I felt like the Oregon guy just didn't make a – the Oregon defensive back did not make a good play on the ball. When, when you look at the um, that play from – there's a camera behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, it looked like they were in a either – it looked like they were in a two-high situation, meaning two safeties over the top. So um, the Auburn receiver runs basically a, a little fade – and it's one-on-one with him and the um, mm-hmm. safety. The safety was off of him about 10 to 12 yards at the time that that ball was thrown. Mm-hmm. And it was thrown up a little bit. I mean, it wasn't the best throw, but if it's incomplete, they're still in field goal range. Would, uh, yeah. But if let's say that they aren't able to score the touchdown, which is what is most probable in that situation – the game ends up being twenty three to twenty one. No, I know. And then I no, lose. It, yeah, it was a. Uh, if I was on the Auburn side of that, I would have been losing my mind. That would. Have been, I mean, that, that Oregon Oregon plus three better should have been safe. That's what I. I even texted somebody. I was like, looks like uh, looks like the spread safe on Oregon side. Um, not for me because I took them on the money line. Yeah, and I parlayed this game with the pick game. So at the. While that was happening, I had already known I lost that bet because Pitt lost the game, and um, so you weren't going crazy. <laughs> I wasn't even. Part of me wanted uh, Oregon to win because at that point only you can make money on that bet. So yeah, I wanted them to win too. But yeah, so I mean, I I give Bo Nix credit for pulling out the win, but I'm not sold on him at all. He did not look very good in my opinion two interceptions think, in the first um, half. His first touchdown came on a blown coverage. They didn't even have a cornerback on the yeah. receiver. Auburn's defense. I mean, Oregon's defense was very good. Yeah, they the were a lot better. Game. They were, they a, were lot a lot better, better than, I, than I expected. Yep. Even no, though they allowed 206 rushing yards, but they shut down um, the air raid for sure. Yeah. So what should have been a four and one weekend for me wound up being a three and two. I mean, I'll take it. That's that's a winning weekend. You closed it out at three and three, I believe. Um, so that brings our college football records to for me three and four for Nick three and five. Um, overall, we are five and five. So we for our overall record for Big Easy bets, we don't count the games that we are opposite on. We because that's a guarantee somebody's 
right, somebody's wrong. So we're not counting those games. So we don't credit the Oregon-Auburn game in that one. So 5-5 five and five overall for Big Easy Bets. Individual, 3-4 and four for me, 3-5 and five for Nick. So with that being said, let's move on to next week's games. Um, we'll start it off with probably the biggest game of the weekend, LSU versus Texas. This game is in Austin. LSU's three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm sorry, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Longhorns. What are your thoughts? I like LSU in this one, and yesterday this game was um, – the spread was three for LSU. So, so the if line's I moving. was a listener, I would jump on this game before the uh, spread grows. I think LSU can easily win this game by a touchdown, if not more. Joe Burrow last week completed 85% of his passes and threw five touchdowns. Burrow for Heisman. Burrow for Heisman, baby. Uh, we told y'all that. We told y'all that on episode one. The offense is going to be there. Joe Brady implementing the air raid offense. A lot of five wide. I mean, he, he was throwing a a pretty ball. It had some zip on it. It was looking good. I think, uh, I'm, I think we're going to run Texas out the building, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I— I do think that this game can end up being a uh, a blowout, but just because of how strong I think LSU's defense is against the pass, especially our defensive backs are the best in the country. Stingley, oh my God, Stingley yeah. looked fucking good, and you saw that punt return. He almost took a punt return to the house. Yeah. Like Delpit was making plays, obviously as expected, but the guy who stood out to me most was uh, Chase on. He, okay, Levon Chase on. He, oh my God, he was flying all over the field, and I think he literally killed the guy. I'm, I, yeah, I think he broke one kid's collarbone <laughs> on a brutal hit. Um, I, I mean, he absolutely destroyed him. I'm he, not gonna lie. At that point, I was like, I felt bad for um, Georgia Southern at at that specific point because um, people always argue how many game, how many teams should make it into the playoff. Four, whether it should be four, six, or eight. Um, even Nick 12. Saban made a good point that every Power Five school should play all Power Five schools, meaning no one should play FCS teams, no one should play anyone outside of Power Five, and that's how you settle the uh, debate about how many teams should be in a playoff. It could work with four if everyone's playing Power Five schools week in and week out because – that's how you'll find out who's for real. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Bama always has a lot of gimme games, in my opinion. So for him to say that, he, they schedule a lot of uh, yeah. And the thing is, is these, games. One thing is, is they pay a lot. They pay these small schools a lot of money to mm-hmm. to play these big schools. And yeah, the team uh, Georgia State just beat uh, Tennessee. They got paid almost a million dollars to go play them, and then beat them. Damn. <laughs> So that would, uh, I'm sure they weren't too happy about that. But um, so yeah, LSU minus four and a half. We're all over it. We love it. We think. I mean, I, we're both. We're huge on the Tigers this year. We think it's going to be a good year for LSU. So I'm all over that. He's all over that. Book it. Um. So I've got one Army plus twenty four versus Michigan. This is in Ann Arbor. Um. I mean, 24 seems like a wide spread to me. Our, uh, Army runs that triple option, so I see them controlling the clock. Uh, Michigan really didn't look that fantastic in their win over Middle Tennessee, and I'm not really big on Shea Patterson. I never have been. Um, Where did he transfer from? Ole Miss? Yeah. Yeah, I've never been too big on him. I think Harbaugh 
it's gonna go Harbaugh's gonna go down as not being able to get it done at his alma mater. He has not really uh lived up to expectations at all. Um so I like Army plus twenty four in that game. So you got uh let's talk about the A and M Clemson game. Um Texas A and M ranked number twelve, Clemson ranked number one, Texas A and M going on the road. Clemson is nineteen point favorites. I like A and M against the spread. Because I like Kellerman's ability to scramble, I think that uh, this game ends up being a fairly close game. Trevor Lawrence, to me, did not look very well against Georgia Tech last year. Last week. Uh, last week, of <laughs> course. Um, Jimbo Fisher, I like the fact that Jimbo Fisher comes from the ACC and coaching at Florida State. He's familiar um, with coaching against Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, so... I think 19 points is way too many points. If this game was in Texas A&M, at Texas A&M, I would be tempted to bet this game on the money line in Texas A&M for an upset. Really? Yep. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not – I think Clemson last year had a very good front and that helped him win a lot of games. 19 points to me is way too many points. Yeah, they lost Texas a lot of players. Texas A&M's a very good team. I think Texas A&M could be the fourth best team in the SEC. Um, Florida, I'm not convinced of anything with any <laughs> team in the state of Florida. You're not a big Felipe Franks guy? I just don't like Florida. And the best thing they got is oranges and orange juice. <laughs> you quoted last episode as uh, saying that you hope Felipe Franks gets AIDS. Yep, and my stance on that has not changed. <laughs> All right, so Nick's taking um, Texas A&M plus 19. So he's taking them with the points. Um, I'm going to stay away from that one just because I know Lawrence had a bad game, and I'm sure a lot of people are telling him he had a bad game. Uh, I expect him to have a much better game, and you know who didn't have a bad game is uh, Travis Etienne. He looked ridiculous. Yeah, Travis Etienne is very good, but, I mean, this is the SEC. This is an SEC defense there. Yeah. No, that's They're true. used to going against teams that can run a football, so Yeah, and AM's secondary looked good too. I know that's I like A and M. I mean A and M ended up edging out LSU in a very questionable yeah, that was uh, officiated game last year. Seventy four to seventy two and uh seven overtimes, but no, I like A and M. I think that um they're definitely the third best team in the West. I think they're the fourth best team in the SEC overall. Um and it's going to be close. The race for the SEC to me is going to be close between Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if I'm there yet with A&M. They did look good last week. But, yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from this one just because Clemson scares me. Trevor Lawrence scares me, I think. Yeah, I, the I, only thing that scares me is Travis Etienne. He's yeah. a, he's the real, I think he could be the best player on his team. I'm not a big believer in Trevor Lawrence. I've said that from day one. Um they want to call him Peyton Manning as a freshman in college. I mean, come on. I mean, he's. I don't think he's the good. best quarterback in college football right now. Who would you give the best to? Uh, to attack about lower. Would you? Yeah. I'd give it to Burrow. And um, then. Kidding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Burrow <laughs> definitely. So on a uh, on an unrelated note, have you seen that new AT and T commercial um, with the boy band where they don't dance and it's like the guys in the crowd asking if we're supposed to be dancing? I fucking hate this goddamn commercial. They play it over and over and over again. I have AT&T as my phone provider, 
and it really makes me want to switch. Yeah, I'm switching to Boost. It really makes me want to switch. I fucking can't stand this commercial at all. I don't understand, like, if you feel like you have a good commercial, why do you feel like you need to, like, play it every every three commercials? Like, it's the worst commercial of all time. I hope I never hear it again, and I hope AT&T goes out of business. Yeah, I heard uh, Lil Boosie has Boost Mobile. I'm going to go hop over on a Boost Mobile train. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty big... uh. It's a pretty big get by I'm, Boost I'm gonna Mobile. Save, I'm going to save a couple of, couple bucks a month probably. <laughs> you can go to Metro uh, PCS. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, quality. Uh, yeah. Um, Charter, they doing uh, <laughs> Spectrum. I hear Spectrum's doing a mobile service now. <laughs> All right, so I got another one. Um, UCF versus FAU. This is FAU is the home team. They are plus seven and a half. So UCF is coming off of a 62 to nothing victory. Um, FAU played Ohio State. They lost by like 21, I think, 22. They didn't look terrible, but I'm not really sure why this line is so close. Um, It was 45 to 21 against Ohio State. Um, But at halftime, it was 28 to 3. And going into the fourth quarter, it was 35-6. to six. So Ohio State called the dogs off, and uh, FAU was able to score some points there late. So the score doesn't really justify how the game was played, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, UCF just beat Florida A&M 62 to nothing. Wimbush, uh, Brandon Wimbush is the quarterback transfer from Notre Dame. He looks solid. They have a surplus of guys who can run the ball. And – on top of that, in this game, there was not a single turnover, and it was still 62 to nothing. I mean, they absolutely handled this team. Um, so I like UCF. What are they, the Golden Knights? Yep, UCF Golden Knights. Yeah, go Golden Knights. UCF minus 7.5. Book it. You got another one for us? Um, This Miami-UNC game is interesting to me. Um, Miami's favorite 6.5 points. I think this game's going to be closer than that. Um, UNC's coming off of the biggest upset of the week last week against South Carolina. I like UNC at home. I like UNC's ability to run the football under Mac Brown. I don't like Miami. I don't. I think they're an arrogant team. I really don't like any team from the state of Florida. <laughs> if you look at it, Florida, uh, arrogant. Miami's arrogant, and Florida State even got a bit arrogant and ended up blowing a game against Boise State last week. So, so. are you trying to say that you hope that this uh, Hurricane Dorian takes a hard left and uh, decimates the entire state of Florida? No, I'm not going to go that that far with it, but um, I don't like uh, Florida's football teams, any of them, but just because the amount of arrogance they play with, I mean, it's just a recipe for – getting upset and blowing big leads and that's what we've seen so far this season so we got hurricane dorian out there and uh ucla's quarterback his name was dorian yeah dorian thompson robinson yeah that was a shit show that was a storm right there um (laughs) so i've got another one um wait you never even made your pick who you like there you like the carolina yeah i said i I I like unc um Plus six and a half. I mean, I think UNC can possibly win this game. It's at home, and like I said before, I like their ability to run the football. Last week, I think they rushed for 248 yards rushing. That's big-time numbers. (laughs) Yep. So I like Boise State again. I'm riding with the Blue Broncos. 
with the uh, they had the upset on Florida State. Starting the, uh, they're starting true freshman Hank Bachmeyer, who absolutely got the shit kicked out of him. He, I, I think, he had his helmet knocked off four times in the first quarter. He was getting absolutely destroyed the entire game, but he still managed to stay poised and hang in the pocket and throw strikes. Uh, he threw for over fifty, he threw fifty-one times, over four hundred passing yards, only one touchdown, but doesn't matter. They pulled out a win, and uh, the MVP of the game, in my opinion is running back Robert Mahone, who yeah. you referred to as Ricky Williams. A yeah, young, Ricky Williams Jr. A young that. Ricky Williams at running back. He had 24 carries for 142 yards and two touchdowns and looked like an absolute animal. So they're going against uh, Marshall, which, who gives a shit? They're 12.5-point underdogs. I'm taking Boise State, 12.5 points. They're at home on the blue turf, blue Broncos, we're going blue. Yeah, I like Mahomes. I like uh, Bach Myers. Good players on there on with them Boise States. I like how you just added plural to both of their last names. What, and the team name as well. Yep, Boise States. Uh, <laughs> got a bunch of everything. Um, and then my last one for college, I'm riding with Utah again. The uh, They pulled it out against BYU in the Holy War. They're playing Northern Illinois, 22.5-point favorites at home. I like him. I think Zach Moss is going to have his way. And then Tyler Huntley uh, was actually making some pretty quality throws against BYU, and his receivers and tight ends could not catch the ball. It was pretty frustrating to watch. But, uh, yeah, I like Utah, again, 22.5-point favorites at home versus Northern Illinois. Yeah, 22.5-point favorites. Um, Scares me a little bit. I would, I, would, I would try to look at the first-half spreads in this game. If you can get it at um, – Utah, Utah uh, favored by 12, 13 points. I would take that. I think Utah could be winning this game by 14 or 17 points at halftime. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I didn't see a line for that. I don't, I don't think either one of us could find it um, yet, but I'm sure they'll come out with it. That'll be something yeah, to keep an eye on. Yeah, because it's still early. There's still one more game to be played tonight. So Yep. all the lines aren't out as we speak, but. I do like I, – I ended up betting LSU first half line minus 16 and a half, and they were up 42 to 3 at halftime. So that <laughs> yeah, was a good, good call, uh, Chris Felica, the bear. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He um he picked Georgia, Georgia whatever. and um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wherever they're from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he had them covering the 27 and a half point spread. He almost had it. Um, yeah, he almost had it. It was only uh, 55 to 3 at the end of the game. So, uh <laughs> You kind of almost got du- pretty much doubled there. Not your best pick, but that's all right. Don't ever bet against LSU again. Um, so just to recap, we have we are both on LSU minus four and a half against Texas. I'm on Army plus twenty three against Michigan. UCF minus ten against FAU. Uh, Boise minus twelve and a half against uh, who the hell is Boise? Uh, Marshall. Um, only thing they were good for was that movie. We are Marshall. Um, Randy Moss. And Randy Moss, good point. Yeah, and Chad Pennington. Um, Utah minus twenty-two and a half. So LSU, Army, UCF, Boise, and Utah. Nick has Texas A&M plus nineteen. Who else you got? I got LSU minus four and a half. I like them up to minus seven. And I got UNC plus six and a half at home. 
Against the Hurricanes. Yep, against the Hurricanes. All right, so that'll wrap up college bets for uh, this week, and we're going to move on to NFL. It is back. I'm pumped. Uh, this Thursday, we kick off with Packers versus Bears. So the Bears are three-point favorites at home Thursday night going against that new Matt LaFleur-led Packers offense. Um, what are your thoughts on that game? If I'm not mistaken, last year this game opened the season on Thursday night. This is a game that Aaron Rodgers suffered a minor knee injury that lingered on for the entire season. Um, Aaron Rodgers came back after halftime and ended up leading the Packers to a victory 24-23, to but this game was in Green Bay. When they played in Chicago, the Bears won by 7-24-17. to This game that we're talking about here is in Chicago, but I still like the Packers. I think that this is a bounce-back year for the Packers. I think that Aaron Rodgers has a big game. And I'm not so sure about the Bears this year. Really? You're not big on them? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think they have as uh, good of a season as they did last year. I mean, it's hard to keep that defense rolling the way it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm the opposite there. I think Trubisky takes another step in the right direction this year. Um, they've been raving about David Montgomery, the rookie running back. And I think the defense is going to be just as good as it was last year. I really do. I, I don't – I mean, they didn't lose anybody, right? They got everybody back, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then the Packers on the defensive side of the ball, I don't – they're talking about they're improved. I don't I don't think so. I don't see it. Um, so if anybody – I mean, these games are always close. If anybody could withstand the Bears' defense and – Yeah, and, and the Packers, they started – um. It seemed like they found out that they were able to run the ball better than they expected last season because um Aaron Jones is a good runner. Yeah, they started running the ball and they were getting good yards running the ball. I think they were getting close to 5 yards per carry. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has never had that really in his career. Yeah. Um I think that knee's healed. I think that you see Aaron Rodgers have a bounce back season. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not I don't feel great about it, but I'm going Bears minus three here at home. Thursday night. So every every week we're gonna bet the Thursday night game for y'all. Um so you got Nick, Packers plus three. Are you taking them on the money line? No, I don't do I just do plus three. Plus three. I got Bears minus three. So I have one that I like. It is uh the Ravens versus the Dolphins. Um this is in Miami. Uh I guess we'll have to see what's going on with that hurricane, but I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be all right. I think it's gonna miss them. Um I like Ravens minus seven here. The Dolphins are going to be absolutely horrible. Um, I picked the Ravens to win the division, so I can't pick them to win the division and not pick them to beat the Dolphins week one. Uh, Lamar Jackson worries me a little bit. Um, But, I mean, the Dolphins are going to be horrible. Like I said, Ravens defense is stout, and they have Mark Ingram in the backfield, so they got a consistent runner taking the Ravens minus seven here. Did, Did the Dolphins trade stills? Yeah, he went to Houston. (laughs) <laughs> dude the dolphins do some questionable things it seems like um they haven't been good in a very long time but every time they seem to get a decent team they say all right it's time to trade everybody it wouldn't surprise me if um patriots ownership and dolphins ownership were one and the same in cahoots yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't say they had a decent team though they're pretty horrible I mean, they. I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about two years ago when yeah. they had um, Landry, Kenny mm-hmm. Stills. Yeah, I like Kiko Alonso. Uh, no, I like that pick. That's a good pickup by the Saints. Yeah, 
He three years he had over three hundred tackles for him. Right. No, yeah, that is a good pickup by the Saints. It I'm just happy seems with like that. they they get an okay team and they get rid of everybody and try to get somebody good in the draft again. Yep. Yeah, I think they got a good little hall of picks, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I like the Kiko Alonso pickup by the Saints without a doubt. Um, another one, another game I like is. It's the Cardinals versus the Lions. This game's in Arizona. I'm taking the Cardinals plus 120 on the money line here. I don't think the Lions are going to be good this year. I don't feel great about this pick, but I'm kind of rolling the dice with uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury that that new offense that they're implementing is going to give uh, it's going to give the Lions some fits. I mean, at home, minus uh, plus two and a half. I I like the Cardinals here. I think Kyler Murray's gonna. I think he's going to have a good year. Everybody's talking about how the second and third preseason game he didn't look very good and this and that. I think he's going to have a solid rookie season and uh, give a couple give defenses some fits here and there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals on the money line there, plus 120. Don't feel great about it, but I, I feel okay about it. Um, so one that we, are in a, that we are both in agreement on is the uh, Saints are playing the Texans Monday night football, first game back in the Dome. Texans are seven point underdogs. This one, this one scares me. I, I, I don't feel the Saints. What was it? We were talking about it the last four years yeah, at least. At least four years that w- the Saints have lost the opening game of the season. I mean, with that being said, I'm going to be in the dome for this game, so I'm going to be there. I don't. I, I'll. I'll never bet against the Saints to lose a game. I won't do it. I feel like it's. It's just it's bad it's bad juju. I'm not gonna do it. Um but the Texans are a high powered offense. This one worries me a little bit. Um so with that being said, I like the the over under here is fifty three. I'm gonna take the over. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think both offenses have plenty of weapons to put up more than fifty three points, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Fifty three points uh doesn't seem like enough to me. I think I'm in agreement with you. I think that both of these offenses are going to score a lot of points. I mean, last year in the Saints opener against Tampa Bay, they scored nearly 100 points total. I so, I know. Actually, that's a good point because me and my dad were talking about when was the last time that the Saints lost that the Saints lost a shootout, the goddamn first game of last year. Yeah, Fitz Fitzpatrick, Fitz Magic. Yeah, we were going all the way back to uh, when Drew and Eli battled it out and threw uh, yeah. like six touchdowns each. I mean, the Saints pulled that one out, but yeah, we first game of last year, fucking shootout right there, and they beat us. Um, so yeah, this one worries me a little bit, but with that being said, I will not bet against the Saints. Um, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, I could, I, at the same time, I could see us beating the Texans by 40 and coming out and saying, like, giving the finger to the NFL, and we're going to kick the shit out of everybody this year. Um, but yeah, over 53. I feel like that's a solid bet. Um, so you like who else you got? Um, I like the Falcons plus three and a half against the Vikings in Minnesota. I think the Falcons have a bounce back year this year. I think they'll um, be in contention with the Panthers and the Saints for the South. Um, the Falcons suffered a lot of injuries last year, and they got a lot of guys coming back healthy. I think that. The Falcons can't win this game, but I'm taking them with the points plus three and a half. Okay, so that should wrap up um, our NFL picks. The wait is over, guys. It is back. 
this Thursday, first game. So to recap those picks, I like the Bears, minus three. I like the Ravens, minus seven. I like the Cardinals, plus 120 on the money line. And I like the Saints and Texans over 53. Go ahead and recap your picks. I like the Packers, plus three. The Jaguars, plus four. Saints, Texans, over 53. And I like the Falcons, plus three and a half. Um, I'm going against the spread in all of these. Yeah, I totally passed up your Jaguars pick there. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we forgot. Anyways, it's it's been a it's been a long morning. Yeah, I like the Jags against the Kansas City Chiefs. Going against Mahomes. Yeah, the Chiefs ranked 27th in the league in rushing defense last year, giving up 132 yards a game. Um, as you know, we're both big on Leonard Fournette. In a bounce-back season, I think Fournette could go for 200 yards in this game, and I think Nick Foles makes a few big plays in crunch time to give the Jags the victory in this one. I got Fournette in two out of my three fantasy leagues, so if he goes for 200 yards, I'm going to be pretty happy about that. Um, So, yeah, Nick's picks, Packers plus three, Jaguars plus four, Saints over over under, over 53, Falcons plus three and a half. He's going all underdogs. So that'll wrap up our picks for NFL. Um, we're going to move now to UFC 242. Obviously, the big fight on this one is Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Dustin Poirier. Dustin straight out of uh, Lafayette, just like Cormier. Poirier, Cormier. Yeah, I mean, what's the chances that uh, both guys from Lafayette end up losing? I don't know. <laughs> Probably high. <laughs> they have uh, Khabib as a minus 450 favorite. They are not giving Poirier very much of a chance at all. He's plus 325 on the money line, and I don't think this fight will be close. <laughs> I think Khabib is going to maul Poirier, just like he does everybody else. What are your thoughts? I don't know, man. I, I, I want to bet with the hometown kid, but um, Khabib, he's, he's – He's pretty good. I mean, if you're going to bet this fight, you might as well bet Poirier and just, I don't know, whatever you want to put Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put a bunch of money, but, I mean, plus 325 is a nice payout. A little $50 bet on Poirier? I mean, it's not worth betting Khabib. But at the same time, I feel like he's a sure thing. I feel like he's going to win. The guy's a, a freak. He really is. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked if Khabib loses. Oh, yeah, it'll be a, a huge upset. Um, So, yeah, I'm picking Khabib there. I, I think everybody, not really going out on a limb to pick Khabib there. But the uh, other, the co-main event on this card is worthy of a bet, in my opinion. It's Edson Bar- Barboza versus Paul Felder. So Barboza is 20-7. and seven. He's ranked as the se- uh, he's the seventh-ranked lightweight. This is a rematch fight. The first fight between these two, Barboza won by unanimous decision. Um, he is a black belt in Muay Thai, black belt in Taekwondo, and a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Which you add all that together means he's gonna he can pretty much fuck anybody up. That's all that means. Um, so, like I said, rematch between the two. Uh, Paul Felder is sixteen and four. He's a second degree black belt in Taekwondo, black belt in Shotokan Karate and a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He went five rounds with Barboza in their last fight, and 
on a little side note here, we share a birthday. So I'm going to take Felder. I'm taking Felder. Plus 135. Uh, I think this is he's going to avenge his loss against Barboza. And, uh, yeah. are you? What do you think about this one? Nothing? Um, Not much? I like... I like Felder as well. It's a pretty underwhelming card. There's, I mean, you got Khabib and Poirier. Yeah, I mean, this... Other than that, it's in a blockbuster card. I'm ready for um, McGregor to come back. <laughs> yeah, I saw that he and uh, John Kavanaugh had a little fallen out, but that he went and tried to get him back. He's getting the, he's getting the band back together. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Khabib and Paul Felder are the picks. I like... Um, Poirier in an upset. I'm gonna okay. put that on the record. Okay. Just for the hell of it. Our our standing MMA records at the moment. I am two and zero, and Nick is one and one. But both underdogs won last time, so probably both um <laughs> you both favorites might win this time because uh I think on the card before last card um favorites won. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It was um. It was Jim Miller beat Clay Guida, and uh, oh, yeah, who was yeah. the main event? Oh, Clay Guida. The main event. The carpenter. Um, I don't remember. I remember watching it because I remember Guida got knocked knocked out. Um, but, yeah, don't know. You okay? Uh, I'm you, trying to remember right? so bad. <laughs> it, was a, it was a significant – it was Colby Covington. Oh, yeah, yeah. Colby Lawler. Covington was a favorite, and he won as well. So, I mean, maybe it's on this back and forth teeter-totter type thing i doubt it yeah not the way to go not the way to go about with you bets but yeah like you, you heard him he doubts it um all right so yeah that'll wrap up ufc 242 there's really not too much going on in this card it's a little lackluster but um yeah khabib paul felder for me he's taking poirier i'm taking the homeboy baby yeah the diamond um so that'll wrap up episode number five of big easy bets as always you guys can follow us on twitter at big easy bets you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. If you like what you're hearing, we'd appreciate it. SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. We're easy to find. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap these picks and give y'all a whole new group of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can find me on Bourbon Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a good one. We be special, we smell greatness, we finish strong, yes, from the top, one, two, three.